Yesterday I spoke about the agenda of the NGOs in the Synod final document, which took up the vast majority of the document space, with very little space given to the controversial sacramental changes mentioned. In my mind, it's clear that the real agenda was to promote sustainable development and to intrude into the sovereignty of the state of Brazil. But there is another agenda at work here, one that is nakedly pagan. The document is filled with bizarre references to the land and to the present spirit, which sounds as if the Holy Ghost was opening to changing its mind, or that God changes the demands of the natural law due to the changing times. Sounds like modernist nonsense to me, but I'll show you what I mean by that. There's a lot here, and after today I hope to be done covering the Amazon Synod, as there are, there are in fact other changes and other things to talk about. So get strapped in and prepare for some paganism in an official Vatican document. According to the Synod's so-called fathers, we can expect to hear the Holy Ghost through the Instrumentum Laboris in the final document, which, quote, stresses the importance of listening to the voice of the Amazon. I didn't know jungles had a voice. Moved by the greater breath of the Holy Spirit and the cry of the wounded land and its inhabitants, end quote. That's just paragraph three. This voice of the Spirit, as they call it, leads the Church to consider so-called new paths, as they term it, which are not different means of spreading the gospel, but in fact changing aspects of the faith, including, as we'll see, through the adoption of syncretistic practices. If you're not familiar with syncretism, it's the practice of blending the one true faith with aspects of false religions, thereby creating a false caricature of Catholicism in the process. And don't overlook the fact that they implied that the Amazon Synod was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's amazingly brazen. <laughs> I, I actually have to applaud them for being just so bold as to just be that heretical right up front but you know whatever another example of rather blatant paganism in this long document comes early on in paragraph nine quote the search of the indigenous amazon peoples of life and abundance is concretized in what they call the good living and which is fully realized in the beatitudes it is about living in harmony with oneself with nature with human beings and with the supreme being since there is an intercommunication between the entire cosmos where there are no exclusive or excluded and where we can forge a project of full life to everybody. Such an understanding of life is characterized by the connectivity and harmony of relationships between water, territory and nature, community life and culture, God and the various spiritual forces. For them, good living is to understand the centrality of the transcendent relational character of human beings and of creation supposes a good work. This integral way is expressed in its own way of organizing it, that part of the family and the community, and that embraces a responsible use of all the goods of creation. Indigenous peoples aspire to achieve better living conditions, especially in health and education, to enjoy sustainable development, starring and discerned by themselves, to maintain harmony with their traditional ways of life, dialoguing between the wisdom and technology of their ancestors and the new ones acquired." End quote. Like I said this yesterday, this document is terribly written. But did you catch that? God and the various spiritual forces. What does that mean? Christians don't generally speak positively of other so-called spiritual forces by even implying that they're on an equal footing with the triune God. That statement is followed fairly quickly by a backhanded assessment of the missionary efforts of the early missionaries, who are on the one hand praised for bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Amazon, but on the other, accused of having been colluding with evil, evil colonizers who forced their culture on the indigenous peoples committed the ecological sin of exploiting the land for resources. 
This is a common theme throughout the document, and frankly, it causes a headache to read it. But another example is the use of the concept of ecumenism and dialogue to foster the belief that all religions have value, which is blatantly not true. Sorry if that offends. Here's an example. Again, the following comes from pretty early in the document. Quote, in the Amazon, interreligious dialogue takes place especially with indigenous religions and Afro-descendant cults. These traditions deserve to be known, understood in their own expressions, and in their relationship with the forest and Mother Earth. Together with them, Christians, based on their faith in the Word of God, engage in dialogue, sharing their lives, their worries, their struggles, their experiences of God, to deepen each other's faith and act together in defense of the common house. For this, it is necessary that the churches of the Amazon develop initiatives of encounter, study, and dialogue with the followers of these religions. Sincere and respectful dialogue is the bridge towards the construction of the good living. In exchange of gifts, the spirit leads more and more towards truth and good. End quote. The focus here is the construction of the good living, whatever that is, not a pursuit of the common good, which comes from Catholic social teaching, but good living, which is achieved by interreligious dialogue that leads to peace. I'm reminded of what Christ said about peace, namely that he didn't come to bring peace, but to cause division between peoples. How does that happen? Because the call of the gospel is the call to conversion, not the toleration of error. And not everybody wants to convert. It's as simple as that. Honestly, I could go on and on here. The key to understanding this paganism is that it's not an open call to proclaim the divinity of the demon we've been referring to here as P. Again, we're not here. We're not in the business of saying the names of demons here, or to take seriously anything that they might say. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, remember, those idols dumped in the Tiber River by the New Maccabees. That demon. Anyway, they're not proclaiming its divinity explicitly. They never mention it explicitly. Rather, the paganism is seen in the call for enculturation, and the use of language like Mother Earth, which is a reference to P by proxy, as that is one of the demon's titles. Remember, the enculturation is the incorporation of the religious practices and cultural practices of one alien group into the true faith. We call it syncretism, and it is actually condemned by the church. Thus, the fertility rites and idols of paganism will be present in a distorted and falsified facsimile of the faith in the Amazon, at least if the maniacs end up getting their way. Believe me, though, the maniacs are aware of criticisms that many of us have been leveling at the Synod's final document. Father Paolo Suess, one of the Synod fathers, responded to these criticisms in his interview with the Vatican News Agency by saying, so what, to the criticism that there has been a call to incorporate pagan rites into the Catholic Mass in some new Amazonian rite, which I'm not even sure is liturgically legal to do, but, you know, creating a new rite. But he added, quote, even if it would have been a pagan rite, then it is nevertheless a pagan worship of God. End quote. Yep, he said that. In case you've ever wondered how we got to a place where this is claimed, remember, the modernists also say that the Saracens worship the same God as the Christians, which is blatantly untrue. But by simply denying that the Christian faith is the only one that saves, by saying that other religions also worship the triune God in some way or another, by validating false religions, it's not much of a leap to say that incorporating pagan worship into the Mass is okay. Father Suess just did that, and did so on the record with an official outlet for the Vatican. I'm still surprised at how brazen these men are, but their brazenness was fueled by the indifference of many Catholics around the world. We become indifferent to the truth of the faith and the consequences of not believing that the faith is necessary for salvation. As a consequence, the maniacs have taken full advantage of and to promote evil ideas that will lead many souls to perdition. After all, Bishop Krautler has himself announced that he's never baptized an indigenous person 
in the Amazon in 25 years and would f refuse to do so. These men have rejected the Great Commission, and the consequences for that are very real for the salvation of souls. What comes next is anyone's guess. In the past, the official report of whatever synod was being run that year is given to Francis, who then has a formal encyclical letter issued to address its concerns. These things aren't usually written by the Pope in question. That was how we got Amoris Laetitia, and that's how we'll get what'll functionally be Laudato C2, Pagan Boogaloo, in 2020, most likely. Maybe sooner, if this synod re really was a sham whose outcome was predetermined from the start. Only time will tell. However, from here on out, we're going to move on from the synod. Unless some major thing occurs from it, it's time to move on. The time has come to address other issues, and so to that end, I hope tomorrow to have another installment of We Were Warned for You. It'll help end the week and transition nicely into new topics next week. The patrons of this channel already have access to it. Until tomorrow, thank you for listening. Keep praying for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.